my wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to BQ&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary, minister to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church right here in the beautiful city of Adelaide. I'm also your Drive Time host every Tuesday and Wednesday. It's so wonderful to be able to share with you as we count down to 2023. Cannot believe uh, that it's the end of the year already and we are about to be celebrating a New Year's Day. Uh, All this week we're following the theme, are New Year's resolutions worth it? In short, is change really possible what a question that uh, that really is now yesterday we looked at uh, uh, resolutions talking about health and and fitness uh, today we're considering some of those per- other personal mental health and family based uh, resolutions that you may like to consider are uh, things that might challenge you things that might indeed change uh, your life for the better as always these uh, the, these things we believe, arise from only the best biblical counsel. Now, leading our discussion today is our regular Wednesday co-host, and that's Pastor David Butcher. Uh, David's the lead pastor of the Seventh-day Adventist Church here in South Australia. It's an incredibly busy time of the year for him. Uh, Welcome to you, David. Hello, Gary, and um, hello, listeners. And uh, hope you all enjoyed a really good Christmas lunch or whatever you might choose to do at this time of year. Yeah, yeah. Look, look I tell you what, I cannot believe. I mean, I'm, I'm amazed. I continue to be amazed the number of Australians that actually go down to the beach. Uh, in fact, I like going down to the beach myself on uh, on Christmas Day. There's nothing like having Christmas uh, at the beach. And to come back completely sunburnt. Yeah, that too. That what, too. What about the Boxing Day Test match? Ah, uh, the Boxing Day Test match. I, 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 I actually prefer uh, the Australia Day One Day match that always occurs here in Adelaide because I do try to actually get along to that. Uh, the past few years, my, uh, my my children have actually bought me tickets and come along with me to the uh, Australia Day One Day match. I I used to be a great follower of the the Test matches, but I have to admit the One Day matches have started to uh, take their place. As you get older, your attention span is reduced. Is that That's right, yeah, the mental uptake is, uh, is a little bit slower. But David, tell us, are you making any New Year's resolutions? Uh, you know what, I've really tried to avoid these sorts of things because why put something down and fail? Um, you know, I, I know, and I've, I've years ago I tried once or twice. I mean, I guess some of the things I always want to do, and typically I'm on holidays at this time of year, right? Yeah. And so you have a bit more time, you have more balance, and I have more balance in life. And so I think, okay, I'm going to make sure I exercise every day or be more careful with what I eat and get more rest and more family time. So these are some of the things. Um, you know, I guess for me, probably fitness is and, and time to exercise. Um, mm-hmm. uh, that, that's probably one of my key things that I really want to be working on. But I don't go out and buy a gym membership. I've done that sort of thing before years ago. Yeah. And, and this time of year, you see a lot of ads for after Christmas, don't we? A lot of ads for uh, people wanting 
wanting to lose weight, sign up, and people going to gyms and gym yep. equipment yep. because everyone is starting to think, okay, I've got through Christmas, things aren't as good as they should be. Um, I want this new year to be something different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and in fact, I was uh, reading one particular uh, article where uh, one of the uh, one of the uh, uh, um, online um, apps that you can download uh, actually worked out exactly when uh, most people have concluded their New Year's resolution. The date was actually the, by the 12th day of January, most people have terminated their New Year's resolutions. Yeah, and, and I guess in uh, whether it's good thinking or not, I guess in my mind why, um, you know, year after year people set them and they don't keep them, right? Yeah, yeah. So I don't know if I'd call them resolutions, but there are things that I want to strive for and and be more judicious in and be more focused in, but I don't actually say, okay, it's January 1 or just before these are the – and maybe I should, but – yeah, I, yeah, I don't yeah. tend to write. Tell down. me, David. Look, I, I might want to come to our World Watcher segment, and just for today, I thought we might just have a little bit of a little bit of fun. I actually picked up an article uh, uh, that came off uh, came off the web: the ten most common uh, New Year's resolutions. Now, I want you to get five of them. Now, let, let's see if you can give me five of them. Okay. Um, so and this is coming from someone that doesn't really do them, right? That, that, that's right. Going. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So fitness would have to be up there. Yeah, that's actually number one. Exercise okay. is actually uh, rated as as number one. Across the board, um, that is a, it's repetitious. And in fact, I think over 50% of people have got an exercise, um, uh, resolution out there. Wait three months and you'll be able to buy it cheap on, uh, Facebook Indeed, Marketplace that's exactly or Gumtree. Um, what about, uh, weight loss? That's number two. You're doing very okay. well. You're doing very well. And I haven't seen these. That, that, this is very good. Okay. Um, quality time with family. Uh, that that is certainly there, but that's down at number eight. Okay, so, so you know, quality be, time of family. There's got to be some some bigger ones in there. Uh, holidays, taking holidays. Um, uh, holidays. Let me just uh, have a look down my down my list. Uh, well. Travel is actually number nine, okay. but you know, I mean, it's mm. you could say holidays. So I'm there. missing some of these bigger ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, building better relationships with family members or yes, loved ones? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, you, you did actually say one similar to that. Let me just go through them and yeah. just share with, share with what Spare they are. Me, go uh, for the, it. the number one is uh, exercise more. It comes in, uh, out as number one. Uh, right across the board, more than 50% of people say we've got to exercise more. From there, there's a huge drop out once you leave that particular one. Uh, second is Lose weight. Yep. Now there you go, David. Now there is one that you might so be interested in. One and two together, hey? One and two, one together. And two together. That, that, that's right. And number three is get organised. Um, yeah, yep. Get organised. I mean, have you ever made that that, that commitment? Look, I, I'm. Um, I guess that people that might know me might think different. I'm reasonably organised. I yep, think. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Um, oh, all right. Learn a new skill or hobby. I, I, that one at number four, I didn't think it would rate quite that uh, highly, actually. Mm. Uh, I know that that is certainly a resolution my wife has for me uh, and has had most of our married life, and actually. And so what is her resolution for you? What what, what hobby or what skill? Is it uh, well, cooking it doesn't, or is it It, it, it doesn't particularly related? matter. It doesn't particularly <laughs> matter, but that is certainly one yeah. that she has set for, uh, set for me. Uh, live life to the fullest. Um, yeah. Now, that's certainly um, save money and spend less. Uh, and that's particularly pertinent, isn't it? Um, you know, interest rates have recently gone up, the highest in 10 years, uh, and that is on everyone's minds at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, quit smoking. I mean, another health-related yeah, one. Yeah, true. 
Another health-related one. Spend more time with family and friends. Um, travel more. Read more. You know, I'm interested that one, that last one, read more. Do you know, I'm so conscious that we're actually living in a day and age where the amount of um, non-required reading is actually plummeting big time. Have, yeah. have you noticed that? I have. And, and, um, and there's some really good apps, aren't there? There are. Um, Audible and things like this where you can listen to things. But you ask someone to read something, yeah, and it's it's pretty tough going for many people. It is, it is indeed. Look, well, one of the things that really stands out to me about this particular list, and I'd be interested in your feedback on this, is that only one of all of this list is not individualistic based. Um, you know, I mean, exercise more that concerns me, lose mm-hmm. weight concerns me, getting organised concerns me, um, learn a new skill or hobby is a me based thing, uh, live life to the fullest is a me based thing, um, save more money, well, that might impact a little bit the uh, the family quit smoking, travel more, read more. The one that really jumps out at me, though, is spend more time with family and friends because this is one that is not so much – It's it, this is more corporately based. Mm. Um, do, you, do you think um, – I'm just, just, just looking at this. I mean, is this – you know, to, to what extent do, do you believe, you know, our – I suppose the individualistic emphasis of our generation – undermines um, family and community. I believe it does. Um, I remember on my 40th birthday... uh, Are you that old already? Yeah, just a bit. Uh, Megan and I were in Sydney, and I did the Sydney Harbour Bridge Climb. And, uh, you know, the kids were being cared for. We had a night or two away. And for a little bit that night, we're at a restaurant. Guess what we did with our phones? We didn't turn them off. We were both on our phones. Now, we don't regularly do that when we we go out right but how often do you see people sitting together uh, you know and they're all on their phones yeah so what how does that build quality time and and better relationships with family and friends the relationship is almost with the electronic device uh, rather than in fact i was actually reading another list of uh of uh a worthwhile um um, New Year's resolutions, and one of the uh, one of the repetitious ones that did seem to be coming up was uh, this this one concerning uh, devices. And you know, I'm actually going to put plot time away from my device. You know, I think it's a uh, it's a very unique one that's only come up in recent years. And, and look, I know um, I've read articles about a Sabbath rest for from uh, media. Yeah. Uh, you know, and the Bible talks about a Sabbath rest. My fridge, which is uh, getting on now, uh, when we bought it about 12, 13 years ago, 14 years ago, it had a, I was looking, flicking through the manual. I don't often do this. And it said Sabbath rest mode, the Sabbath mode. And so if you're going away, um, you'd hit this button, you know, maybe for a mm-hmm. week and it would conserve less power. Mm-hmm. It would go into almost a sleep type a resting rest phase. So yeah, um, w- we need that. Yeah, disconnect. I, from I know things. one of the things that I've actually encouraged. I've actually encouraged some of my church members to uh, to do this. I've uh, I've said to them, look, there are times uh, where you know, as a resolution, if you like, uh, it's okay to say 
I'm having time away. You know, I'm, I'm just really mm. conscious in the world in which we're living. There are so many people who have got a huge backlog of holidays, huge backlog of long service leave. They're working 24 seven. Uh, they don't, they don't stop, uh, their work week at all. And you know, one of the, I suppose, greatest blessings I found in my life are those times of rest when I can actually spend time with family, with fellowship with friends uh, and just slow down and stop you know one of the things i i'm conscious of is when you get to the end of your life uh, most people uh, are not there saying boy i wish i had spent more time in the office i wish i had spent more time at work uh, they seem to say things like uh, i wish i had spent more time with family that's very true um, and but it's hard to do, isn't it? You, you, and I've, I've been at the bedside of, of, uh, people that are elderly and, and, uh, you know, facing death. And sometimes they'll say that, not necessarily in the exact same words, but they'll say that. And you say to yourself, well, I'll certainly make sure I don't do that. But it's yeah. so easy to fall into the trap, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, indeed, indeed. You actually want to be able to live life with no regrets. And uh, to me, that the start of a brand new year gives opportunity for us to say, hey, look, I'm going to assess how life is being run, uh, how my life is is moving forward and to make adjustments. And to me, that's what I'd like to think, that uh, certainly at this beginning of a brand new year, that uh, uh, that we move move towards. Look, let's come to some uh, uh, so some music. This is uh, the Petersons uh, and a beautiful song. I know who holds tomorrow. Uh, please enjoy. Uh, I know who holds tomorrow. I don't know about tomorrow.
I know who holds tomorrow and as you, as the new year turns up and uh, comes just in a sleep or two uh, that is a fantastic uh, little thought I know who holds tomorrow and I know who holds my hand um, my friends hey there may be some of you who are struggling right now uh, I'm conscious that uh, you know relationships um, I'm conscious finance health health issues uh, they're very very real uh, the Petersons uh, share with a message that's incredibly powerful. I know uh, who holds uh, tomorrow. Now, folks, we do have a giveaway uh, book for, for this week as well. Now, our giveaway book is entitled Surprised by Love, The Unexpected Rescue of God's Children. And this is written by Elizabeth Talbot. Now, Elizabeth Talbot is a, is a real devotional uh, author. In fact, uh, we've been using one of... Uh, uh, one of her books uh, for our own family devotionals uh, each uh, each evening. Uh, we just uh, to do a short uh, a short reading and uh, and have prayer together and uh, share about the days uh, the day's activities. Uh, this uh, little book is a real little little beauty. Uh, the unexpected rescue of God's children. This is the story of God's love for His children, His excitement, and the plans He's made to be together with them through all eternity. It's also the story about the kid. Kidnapping of God's children and what he did in order to rescue them. This is the first ever. This is a, a book that's written particularly for, for ladies. And uh, I, I believe you'll greatly appreciate this, uh, this book. Elizabeth Talbot, Surprised by, by Love. And uh, uh, if you'd like uh, your own copy of, uh, of this particular book, all you need to do is to text us here on our drive time text number. It's 04888. 80811 04888808811 and just send us the code now the code for uh, this book is SA87 SA87 now no gap between the SA and the 87 just four digits SA87 and uh, send that to our drive time text number 04888 80811 that will be picked up uh, by a robot and uh, we call him uh, uh, faithful 
and uh, he uh, he'll he'll make contact uh, with you by text and uh, request a little bit of information off you so that we can get this book to you in the fastest uh, way possible. I believe you'll greatly appreciate this particular book. Uh, you will enjoy it. Uh, now, you are listening to Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A with Pastor Gary, and today our co-host is uh, Pastor David Butcher, and David's the lead pastor of the Seventh-day Adventist Church uh, right here in uh, in South Oz. Now this week uh, we're following the uh, uh, we're following the theme. Um, are New Year's resolutions really worth it? In short, is change really possible? Now we're considering some of those resolutions that may also benefit your family. But David, I'd like to uh, uh, just uh, just pick up um, an, an article that did actually come from uh, the uh, Premier Christian News, which is one of the major news uh, Christian news sites in the UK. And uh, uh, this is this is what it says: Three quarters of parents discuss religion with their children. A new survey has revealed that three quarters of parents discuss life after death, the origins of the universe and ideas affecting morality and decision-making with their children. Now, of course, a lot of these all have religious roots. Mm. Are carried out by the Culham St. Gabriel's Trust. The survey asked around 2,000 parents across the UK their thoughts on the importance of religious education in order to understand how often and in what ways parents in the UK engage with their children on issues relating to religious and non-religious worldviews. David, look, before I go on with this particular article, how important do you think it is for parents to be engaging with their children on, I mean, this article talks of those three key issues, uh, the origin of the universe, uh, ideas affecting morality, uh, and also the issue of life after death. You know, should parents be talking to their children about these issues? Absolutely, Gary. Th- these are three big things, aren't they? You know, um, the origins of life. I mean, that's a big existential question, isn't it? Yeah. Um, uh, how our beliefs affect affect us, and people's dis- how they make decisions. These are key things, and um, uh, society in the media won't give a biblical perspective on this. Yeah, yeah. And um, while our children need to make up their own minds, uh, while they're young, I believe God has entrusted parents and given them the responsibility to to cultivate, if you like, uh, positive Christian traits, give them a biblical worldview. Uh, when they grow up, they'll make their own decisions, but God willing, that'll be based upon um, the dialogue, the practices uh, that um, parents have instilled. In other words, by parents talking about these issues with their children, they're actually giving their children an ability to actually be able to choose between a couple of options, whereas if in fact um, this, these issues are, are not discussed and we're just left to the, you know, to, to the media out there, uh, the conclusion is going to be very, uh, very obvious. And very different because, as you say, the media is talking about some of these things, yeah. but it's not coming from a biblical perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the article that keeps on going, around 8 in 10 parents said they do discuss beliefs about the origin of life and universe with their children, as well as how beliefs affect people's behaviour and decision-making. It also found that around 3 in 5 parents teach their children a religious or 
a non-religious worldview. Uh, these include agnostic, atheistic, Buddhist, Christian, Hindu, uh, Muslim perspectives. Uh, schools also emerged as one of the main sources of their children's knowledge on different religions and worldviews uh, via, via religious education. More than 60% of parents surveyed regarded the subject as important while only 15% said they didn't see the value uh, of religious education. Uh, speaking to uh, Premier Christian News, Dr Kathleen Wright, Chief Executive of the Culham Gabriels Trust, uh, said most parents were supportive of religious education but were worried about the lack of uh, specialist teachers in schools. Parents are concerned that perhaps there might be a slight bias in some way or that uh, the teachers can handle or whether teachers can handle complex issues and so on. All of that was tied to the fact that they wanted people who were really well qualified to teach the subject. Now, you know, to me, as I read this, I, I sort of say, hey, you know, how important it is that our parents actually pick up so many of, uh, of these particular, uh, these particular issues. Now, of course, today, what we're wanting to deal with is, uh, this issue of New Year's resolutions. If you like a fresh start, how do I commence, uh, the new year? And of course, uh, two of the things that are, are absolutely key is, uh, my own, uh, personal mental health and also uh, resolutions that might affect my family because we want to build both of them. You know, yesterday mm. we talked about the importance of physical health. Today we're moving into a different area, and that's the mental health and my family's health. David, tell me, you know, do, do the Scriptures give us any principles whereby uh, we might be able to establish reasonable resolutions uh, for a New Year fresh start? I believe the Bible does. It's very practical. And so I guess uh, we'll look at, as you've said, ways in which uh, we can improve our own well-being. And, and, you know, the number one was exercise and then was, I think, uh, weight loss, etc. And we looked at those yesterday. We looked at those, yes. So I want to share with some things that will assist in our own well-being and making resolutions. And so I guess um, we're living in an age where mental health challenges are uh, just increasing incredibly. The pace that we're moving and the things we take on, the way time governs us rather than we govern time, uh, we're impacted. Our well-being is impacted. And so I want to share with our listeners some of the things that they can contemplate and, and hopefully prayerfully consider um, as we move into a new year that will not only help our own well-being and mental well-being, but also our relationships with our significant others, our families or our spouses, etc. So the first one, Gary, I want to uh, touch on is the power of a positive attitude. Wow, yeah. Now, um, I was speaking to someone uh, last night and, and we were talking about politics. And I'm a bit of a news junkie and I studied politics when I first went to university. And... Um, I won't talk about which news outlet, but, um, you know, it's accessible and I like reading. I like to know what's happening. But there are times I just get frustrated. Um, and there used to be a particular talk show uh, that I would watch uh, on TV. Um, uh, 
where people would sit and they'd discuss certain mm. things. And I'd stopped watching that religiously about two years ago because I'd get frustrated as I'm listening to the, the garbage that was being said. And, you know, you want to talk to the TV, mm. but it doesn't work. So I think um, we're living in an age of negative news. It's negative things that sell. It's yeah. negative things and disasters and tragedies that the media pick up on. And the language they even use is sensational to grab our attention. And so I think the power of a positive attitude and um, Philippians 4, eight uh, is a beautiful verse, Gary, and I know that you and I have used this mm. quite a bit uh, on this program over the last couple of years. Uh, the Apostle Paul, he's in prison and he says this, he says, finally, brev- brethren, fi- finally, fellow friends, he's really saying, mm. whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, Whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate, think, he's saying, Mm. on these things. Mm. Now, you think about what's going through most of our heads. Uh, In fact, last night, um, I had a night, uh, I guess you'd call it a nightmare. I didn't wake up in a cold sweat or screaming, Mm. but uh, what I dreamt, and I don't normally remember my dreams, what I I dreamt was, you know, my son and I and my wife and our daughter, we were separated. You know, I was with Mm. my son and and we're in a war zone. Mm. And it it went bad for my wife and my daughter and that we got missing and separated. You know, we're living in an age of anxiety, right, of negativity. And yet we need to think positive. We need to focus our minds on those things that are going to build our minds up and our relationships. And that's why this text in Philippians 4.8 is so powerful, to think on things that are pure, noble, lovely, of good report. I think even earlier in that same book in Philippians, I think it's chapter 2, it talks about, let this mind be in you that is also in Christ Jesus. Yes, exactly. I, I love that particular passage because, I mean, to me, it, it it exemplifies so much. If I have the mind of Christ, it means that my I am thinking about others in a particular type of way. I have an understanding. Wisdom is something that is part of my is part of my outlook. You know, to me, that uh, there used to be a. A band that used to be around, you know, uh, that you wear on your wrist. You know, what would Jesus do? Yes, yes, uh, yes. and uh, that was something that that young people were uh, were certainly picking picking up on in that particular uh, era. Uh, but it's actually a really good statement. What would Jesus do? And Paul picks it up in Philippians chapter two. He does. And you said, you know, we 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 need to think about people in a certain way. The same mind that Christ had, we should have now. Often, and there are times I must put my hand up and admit, there are times where I might be frustrated or hurt and I will think about someone in not the nicest way. Yeah, yeah. And if our minds are allowed to dwell on those negative uh, thoughts, they become harmful. They, they grow. They do. And Archibald Hart, he's a, a clinician, medical clinician um, and researcher and author. He wrote a book called The Anxiety Cure. And um, I've actually heard him present and speak. But this is what he said. He said, um, those who consistently apply these positive words of Philippians 4, 8 or mm, likewise, mm, mm. he said uh, they will have a, pas- they have a positive outlook. And a positive outlook is known to improve recovery from surgery and the immune system's ability to fight off disease as well as aid in cancer recovery to reduce the fight or flight response and hence stress disease and, and can... Positive thinking can restore tranquility and turn our unhappy anxiety-producing hormones into happy ones. So the way we choose to think and what we're thinking on, 
So we need to try and even be positive in negative situations. And that is something that, uh, to me, I think is actually uh, so important. And even, you know, I'm conscious that even in our, our internet use, for example, I mean, you know, Facebook, how easy it is, you know, to get involved in a negative slanging match with, you know, somebody else who's actually out there. And uh, I did actually read a, uh, a New Year's resolution that one person uh, uh, took and I thought, wow, imagine if everybody did that, you know, their, their comment was that uh, we are going to try on our Facebook account uh, to be positive, not negative, to be in, an encourager, uh, not a discourager. Furthermore, uh, sorry, you go no, no, I, so I sort of looked at that and I sort of thought, wow, I mean, uh, can you imagine the way that would transform the internet if just a, a few million people did that? That's right. And, and I, I guess just listening to you, I'm not a big social media user at all. I'm on the net, but I'm not on really Facebook yeah, much or any yeah, of these yeah. things. But um, some research I've been doing lately on some of these things shows that um, some of them are highly addictive, yes. TikTok and that, and Pinterest and these sorts of things and Instagram. But one of the things that, um, you know, they get so many likes people do that are, that are following them and what they post, it, it releases the dopamine. Yep. And um, it's addictive, but also what people post on some of these uh, platforms is almost like they're living an unreal life. It's not the true picture. And so social media can lead someone to they have high high depression rates and anxiety rates because they think my life's not like this. Exactly. Exactly. So this whole concept of the power of a positive attitude may mean less media consumption because um, if we want good mental health, we should discipline our minds to avoid a degrading mental diet. What, uh, you know, garbage in equals garbage garbage out. out. And so the Bible's pretty clear on this. Paul in Ephesians 5.12 says... um, he says some things are harm, uh, some things are so shameful we should not even speak of them. In, and if we shouldn't speak of them, then we shouldn't be focusing or watching mm. or viewing these sorts of things. Um, Philippians four verse seven, and um, we read f- verse eight, but this is verse seven. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Then he's got that one of verse 8, you know, whatever things are pure and lovely. But he says in verse 7, the peace of God will guard our hearts and minds. Now, we need to pray to have our hearts and minds guarded so that we can live the best life, Mm. so that those resolutions, what we want to achieve and and accomplish, can actually come to fruition. So verse 7, he talks about the peace of God. But what I love is also verse 9, which complements verse 7. And it says... um, the things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, this is Paul, these do and the God of peace will be with you. So he promises us in verse 7 to have the peace of God. In verse 9 he talks about the God of peace. We get the peace of God from the God Mm. of peace. Mm. And so um, the power of a positive attitude, uh, of a clear conscience, not filling our minds with garbage, Mm. uh, which creates negativity. Um, Yeah, I think there's probably a few other ones here, Gary. Um, 
I don't know. People can lose the plot um, with their emotions, can't they? They can. They can. But I, I suppose one that I'd really like you to come to, if you if you would, mm. because I'm conscious that this is one that uh, I suppose links into the uh, to the person themselves, but also into those outside. And that's this whole issue of forgiveness. Mm. Now, you know, as we're starting to you know consider uh, New Year's New Year's resolutions, I'm really conscious that. Uh, Certainly as a pastor, in family after family after family, there is always uh, somebody, there seems to be some disquiet in many, in many families. I mean, how... How would you respond to, uh, you know, I mean, this, uh, you know, you've got great uncle, uncle Ted at, uh, at, Christmas at the Christmas lunch, lunch table. Easy. He's always, he's always got a, he's always got, and you know, that flows over from Christmas lunch to New Year's. It flows over to the birthday parties, uh, you know. And so people don't want to catch up. And it comes from some incident that it might have occurred 30 years ago. That's right. And, and so there'll be some family occasions where a certain family member will say, well, I'm not going. Yeah. And, and and that leaves a hollow. It leaves pain. Uh, so this concept of forgiveness is is significant. Um, Colossians three three. It's a beautiful verse, Gary. It yeah. says, "Bear with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgive each other, as the Lord has forgiven you. So you also must forgive." Mm. Now we always want to be right. Mm. We don't want to concede. We want to. We want to conquer. We want to be the one in the driving seat, so to speak. Mm. But this is not the model that Jesus uh, portrayed, and the one that Jesus gave. Mm. Uh, Philippians two talks about him lowering himself to the point of a servant, um, and and even death. Um, so this whole concept of forgiveness, I think, and it ties in beautifully, and I'm glad you raised this, Gary, and, and drew us to this uh, with New Year's resolutions, because mm. how many people? as you've said, are bearing grudges and hurt and pain that may have been for decades. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes that flows onto the children yep. and even yep. the children's children. Yep. And some of those children or the children's children don't even remember what it was over that their parents or their grandparents had yeah. this grudge with. Yeah. And, you know, Dave, one of the things that I suppose I'm so conscious of is that when this sort of thing occurs in the family, as you correctly say, it tends to move on from generation through to generation. To me, the only thing that actually conquers it to me is actually prayer. You know, to, to me, I believe that, you know, for us to actually take a New Year's resolution and say, hey, look, I'm going to pray for whoever it be, mm. uh, on a daily basis uh, until uh, they are actually able uh, to come into unity with myself, with the family. And that praying, Gary, I believe not only um, that not only that intercessory prayer for a particular family member, but if we've been hurt or wronged, while we're praying for them, the Holy Spirit is working on our hearts yeah. because otherwise we have this... this, this um, poison within us that grows and grows and grows and and um, look I think there are some beautiful texts on this um, Exodus chapter 34 verses uh, 36 sorry Exodus 34 verses 6 and 7 uh, and God passes before Moses in this uh, this story mm. but it says the Lord the Lord God merciful and gracious long suffering and abounding in goodness and truth keeping mercy for thousands forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. So here is a God that that wants to forgive. Uh, in, in fact, 
when Jesus' disciples came along, um, they knew how to pray. Yeah. You know, they were, yeah. they were Jewish yeah. men. They knew how to pray. But when they heard Jesus pray, they said to Jesus, they said, Lord, teach us to pray. Mm. There was something about Jesus' prayer. And so Jesus then gave them a bit of a model. Yeah. Not something that had to be uh, prayed each time this by This is rote. powerful. And, and one of the things, and I've, I've shared this with members at times, and I guess if we're honest, there are times when we also need to apply it to ourselves, mm. correct? Mm. And Jesus, as he's praying, he says, and forgive us our debts, the Lord's Prayer, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors, this is Matthew 6 that I'm reading from, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, and do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. For if you, and then Jesus says, for if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. And so um, Jesus in that prayer, he says, Forgive us our debts. Forgive us our wrongs mm. as we forgive those who wrong us. In other words, to the same extent that we are prepared to forgive others, we are going to be forgiven ourselves. We're asking God to forgive us to the same extent that we're prepared to forgive others. If we're not prepared to forgive others, then um, uh, we're saying, uh, look, uh, you don't need to forgive me either. It, that's exactly it. And 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 I believe this is the one of the parables in Matthew 18 talks about this. And so I believe we're forgiven as we're prepared to forgive. Yeah, yeah. And what a resolution, what a transformation could happen in individual lives and in family life if we took as a news resolution saying, hey, look, uh, I am going to work because sometimes and pray towards the reconciliation of relationship. That is to to me, uh, I believe something that I believe God would approve of uh, more than almost any other resolution. Two key words: reconciliation and relationship. Yeah, and they're the things that were broken in the Garden of Eden. Yeah, uh, the relationship. Yep. But Jesus came with reconciliation. He did it on the cross, and now He's asking us, His supposed children, His followers, yeah. to do the same to to be people that reconcile and restore relationships through his presence. Because we talked about those New Year's resolutions. Um, if you're harboring unforgiveness or an unforgiving spirit or a critical spirit because of something that happened, it will impact your health in so many ways, yeah. uh, mentally, physically, and spiritually. It does. It does. David, thank you for that. Look, let's come to some music, guys. We're going to come back in uh, after the music because we want to just move across to uh, to family after, after this. But uh, this is a song by Evie, uh, Give Them All. Give them all to Jesus. Uh, isn't, uh, isn't that uh, a fantastic thing uh, and a fantastic objective for this time of the year? Please enjoy Evie. Uh, give them Give them all to Jesus. Are you tired of chasing pretty rainbows? Are you tired of spinning round and round? Wrap up all the shadows. Give them all 
And that was Evie. Give them all. Give them all to Jesus because he can turn your sorrow into joy. Isn't that so true? There's so much ministry in, uh, in these songs of worship and praise. Uh, I hope you, hope you enjoyed. Uh, all that Evie had to had to share there. Um, of course, today we do have a a giveaway book. This uh, book's entitled "Surprised by Love and the Unexpected Rescue of God's Children." This is a story of God's love for His children, uh, the excitement that He plans for each each one of us, uh, folks. We've got a. This is a fantastic uh, little uh, little book uh, entitled "Surprised by Love." We certainly use uh, Elizabeth Talbot's uh, books for our own uh, family family worship. If you'd like uh, this particular book, uh, then just text us here at our studio text number o four triple eight. 80811 and the code is SA87 and a robot, he'll contact you, he'll uh, get some information off you so that we can get this book to you in the fastest possible a possible way. It's one ripper of a uh, of a little little book. Uh, now you are listening to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q and A with uh, Pastor Gary, and today our co-host is Pastor David Butcher, and David's the lead pastor of the Seven Day Adventist Church right here in South Australia. And all this week we're following the theme: New Year's resolutions. <laughs> are they really worth it? Uh, in short, is change absolutely possible? And today we're considering some of those resolutions that impact the individual and the family. Yesterday we looked at physical. Uh, today we're looking at the mental health and uh, uh, and family. Um, as always, uh, we're looking at those um, resolutions where, that are connected to the injunctions from from Scripture. And uh, David, I'm wondering, can you just uh, bring this uh, bring this together for us? I mean, h- how would you, you know, what other resolutions are there that might positively impact me or my family? Yeah, look, Gary, one of the things that I often think about at the start of year is reading the Bible through or whatever it might be or more time with God. These are regular things that I yeah, want to yeah, commit yeah, to. Yeah. And again, I don't like the term resolutions, okay, yeah, but it's yeah. something I like to commit to. And um, this not only impacts my own well-being spiritually, physically, emotionally, mentally, but also family. And I think as uh, parents, Christian parents, we have a responsibility to uh, create an environment where the Word of God becomes a, a key focus, a paramount. And um, Deuteronomy chapter 6, Gary, it's a beautiful chapter, isn't it? And um, maybe if we pick it up in verse 4, what do you think? Yeah, lovely, lovely verse here. Um uh, to, to me, this is, of course, uh, um, one of the premier passages of, uh, of Scripture. And uh, Moses, of course, is writing Deuteronomy is his last sermon that he ever preaches to the uh, nation of Israel. And this is what it says. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord he is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your strength. Uh, and these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You'll teach them diligently to your children. You'll talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up. You will bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You will write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. And you know, to me, what we've got here is a, uh, is a picture of a God who wants a spiritual training to be all-encompassing. Yeah, not just for 
ourselves, but for those in our care. And what I love in these verses, these are really powerful verses and famous to to the Jewish uh, person, aren't they? And, yeah. and even for Christians, they should be. Um, what I love here is in verse 7, you shall teach these things diligently to your children and talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up. So as you've said, all-encompassing. In other words, every aspect of life, the practical things out in nature, wherever you are, we should be looking for um, ways in which we can reveal through life uh, Jesus Christ. Mm, and mm. also the Word of God. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, to me, uh, I'm so conscious here that, uh, you know, this is so all-encompassing that uh, the uh, the actions of the parent, we want you to talk about these things to your family. And, you know, David, to me, that that brings up a number of issues. Now, how do I actually do that? I mean, you know, we often talk about things like, you know, and we've mentioned on this program, family worship. Now, what is that? Do you practice that? I mean, yes, we do. Yeah. uh, For me, it's a dedicated time um, where, you know, as as parents with our children, we spend – uh, in the Word of God or in a, a biblical story or a life story that's biblical, and, and we sit and reflect. And one of the other things, when I, when I began this uh, section this afternoon talking about positive thinking, we begin family worship by saying, what are you thankful for? What are you grateful for today? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so I guess having a routine, not for routine's sake, but having a routine that brings us back to to the Word of God. And, you know, it might be 10 minutes. Uh, it may not be half an hour, but it might be 10 minutes with the family. You actually get an opportunity to be able to share uh, what's actually been going on because I don't know what it's like in, in, in your family, but it's so easy to get disconnected from where everybody else is actually at. You know, what's actually happened in their life today? So much so in our society, right? Everyone's to and fro. We're so busy. So it gives you a time to share, to open up what's happening, what's been happening, what are positives, uh, and even praying for some of those things and and some of the challenges, but then opening up the Word of God or a Christian story or something and looking to apply that to our lives. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, to conclude with just a a simple prayer, um, and sometimes one of the things that I know that, um, you know, that, that it really, you know, the children particularly appreciate is when they have opportunity to lead, you know, family worship. Look, absolutely. And, and I know my kids, particularly when they were younger, they'd be designing quizzes on Kahoot and on the TV yeah. they'd come up or on the computer they'd put these quizzes up yeah. and they'd have songs and, and all of that sort of thing. And all of that is, is, Helping to shape young people. Yes, yes. Indeed, and, and build family culture, which is the building blocks for the community. And it gives you actually a time when you can actually talk about issues that may have arisen in family life. Absolutely. So, so actually focusing on your own spiritual well-being, but also your family is a critical one. I think another one, Gary, that we... That would actually make a really good New Year's resolution, wouldn't it, David? Well, to say, hey, look, you know, um, you know, in some way to be able to bring this, uh, this spiritual emphasis into my family. Absolutely, because it's not going to come from other places if it doesn't come from you. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that is a key resolution. Another one, Gary, I think is somewhat tied to that. We're living in this hectic, rushing society. Uh, we need rest. We need time out. We're living in, in, in a society that's always changing and evolving. Mm. And so mental health practitioners have recognized the, of the value of 
routine and weekly practices. And it's interesting, you know, some of these refer to the Bible, uh, how God uh, in Genesis chapter 2, he, he made everything, everything was good on the sixth day. And it says in Genesis 2, uh, that um, in verses 1 to 3, thus the heavens and the earth and all the hosts of them were finished, and on the seventh day God ended his work which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in it he had rested from all his work which God had created and made. So God at, at uh, creation institutes a, a, a weekly Ritual, a weekly practice of stopping and of resting. Mm. And it's called the Sabbath. Mm. And it's on the seventh day, which we would call Saturday. This is biblical. It goes right through the scriptures. Now, not only is it a time for worship, but it's this time when your body can stop, your mind can stop thinking about, um, you know, what you have to get through at work or, or some of those challenges. And it's, it's almost like you have this island. Yes. Uh, this spiritual, emotional, mental island away from the cares of everything else. And this is such a beautiful experience. I mean, to me, Dave, I don't know about you, but certainly during my, my time when I was, when I was studying, you know, one of the things I used to really appreciate was being able to get to, you know, this time called, called Sabbath because without a guilty conscience, I could just simply put all everything down and say everything is stopping uh, right now. And, uh, certainly, uh, when our, certainly when our children were, were younger, you know, to be able to go, you know, into a natural environment uh, and just spend time together as a family uh, or to do something with a, you know, church uh, that the wider and fellowship with, uh, with a group of, uh, uh, of folks from, uh, uh, you know, a similar worship, uh, worship background. And to me, it's incredibly, it's incredibly powerful. It, and it takes away so much of the stress that people are facing in their day to day living. It's really good, Gary. I know there was a, a, a Jewish theologian, Abraham Heschel, that basically said about the Sabbath, this, this seventh day, this stopping. Uh, we live in a society that doesn't stop. Yeah. Uh, things aren't finished. But he said, uh, you come to the Sabbath knowing that you still have, which is Friday night, knowing that you still have so much on your plate, so many things still to happen. Yeah. Yeah. But he said, you rest as if those things are done and complete. Indeed. In other words, you push them aside, you, you're, you're cre- carving out a space, it's a God space, it's his space that he's created, yeah. but you're carving out this space in your time which God has carved out and you're saying, I'm, whatever is hassling me, whatever needs to be done, the ironing, the washing, the mowing, whatever it is. I've actually had people say to me, David, ah, but uh, pastor, those, uh, that, that sort of activity is such a works-based religion. And my response to them every time is, uh, if this is works-based religion, bring it on. Um, because I I like this sort of works-based religion. And this is what clinicians are saying we need. Yeah. Yeah. God's our creator. He knows we need it. So uh, this is not only good for our own mental well-being, it's good for family, it's good for relationships, it brings people together. Yeah. And so a good news resolution is to create a routine uh, where there is this pattern of things. And, I'm and, this, suggesting- in- and this includes uh, maybe Sabbath rest. It also includes a family worship, perhaps. Absolutely. It's a time to stop, to slow down, to be peaceful, to be quiet. It's okay. I don't have to be serving the almighty dollar uh, 24-7. It takes the pressure off. You're off that wheel, the mouse running around the wheel. So, And again, it's about restoring relationships, and that's what God came for. So if ever we want to start a new year off, Gary, 
It's really about saying, God, I want you to help me restore my relationship with you. I want you to help me restore my relationships with other people, forgiveness, and with my own family. Amen. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we come to you now. I want to say thank you for giving us a space to be quiet, to be still, and know that you are God. I pray that in this new year, you might reveal yourself to us. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, friends, it does look like our time's up for today. Thank you so much for joining Pastor Gary and Pastor David Butcher on Drive Time. Big Q&A. Uh, please join us uh, tomorrow when Pastor Fabiano and Pastor Hugh Heenan chat about uh, using the new year to commence that new spiritual life. Really look forward uh, to joining you again. But until then, please remember, Christ said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart, and the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. May our God richly bless you. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.